Good morning, everyone, and everyone listening. This is Connie Lingus here with the second time we're recording version of me. This is actually the second time that we're recording because the first time we didn't get it, the data for some reason, and here we are a day later. Also known as Peter, here for another edition of the same edition of WNYU's very own category is Dragcast Extravaganza. And on this great episode, we're talking season 11, episode 8, again, and doing some NYC Pride event recommendations in the in lieu of Pride coming up in the coming months, again. It's a while away, but you know, hey, it's never too early to talk about Pride. Capitalism. Or Pride, sure. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about the episode. Starting with the wonderful, absolutely marvelous mini-challenge, Pitch-A-Book. So first they have the whole self-plugging thing. Uh, I made a joke about that last episode, but I really don't want to make that joke for the third time. So, I mean, look, the self-plugging was, I mean, I guess it was a little cuter this time. But yeah. still, it was like kind it, of. Uh... It's, it's self. It was a little more self-aware, self-plugging, and it was self-plugging for the sake of introducing uh, a challenge. So it was a it nice was, challenge. Yeah, it, it, I, I was uh, being a little sarcastic introduce, introducing it. I liked it. But it, yeah, it was. It was. It, it had some fun moments. I thought Vanjie's was really fun. Vanjie forgetting her name was appropriately. Her forgetting fun. her name and. Um, something along the lines of how to walk backwards, something, 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 all you bitches. So, I mean, it was very fun. Yeah, and, and Silky, you know, making making some jokes about the buffet and all that. Typical Silky, but, you know. Plastique's personality, not everybody has one. Yeah. So, <laughs> you had some really good ones. Um, mm. I think that Silky kind of went back to something that she overdoes. Um, I probably wouldn't have given the mini challenge win to her. But I'm not going to complain too much because Silky's an inherently humorous personality. Who would you have given the mini challenge to? Um, I might have given it to who I just said, Vanjie or Plastique. Plastique, Plastique um, just makeup all over the place and like lipstick on her mat on her teeth. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, somebody Bro- who usually does well, Brooklyn, um, didn't do that much in yeah. this mini challenge. She didn't stand out. She made like some pretty trite jokes. Sleep and... with your boss. Yeah. Like okay. And just honestly, like didn't have that much enthusiasm for it. It felt it felt a little canned, which Brooke is think is at her best when she's letting loose, and she should have let loose a little more. Which we'll get to some more with the snatch game. So, yeah, Silky won the mini challenge. The gift was Postmates related, which was great. Presented by Morgan McMichaels, who was there for not even a minute. Yeah, she, she was, I guess she she was, uh, I'll put a non-zero amount on her being there because she was filming, like, with Trixie and Katya to film an episode of uh, or one of the other WoW present shows that no one cares about because it's not Trixie and Katya show. She did the ping pong ball thing. Yuck, yuck, yuck. But hey, I will say at least a gift was something practical, something someone would use and Postmates isn't going away anytime soon. They often give away gifts for companies 
like for companies that like tank or like you never hear from, but Postmates gifts, that's useful. So moving on from that, we got some workroom shenanigans, uh, which I think could be broken down into two things. We got Jinx and her thickness given advice and all the drama. We'll start with Jinx's thickness because I love Jinx and I love her thickness. Jinx is cool. Um, he really does like the thickness. She looks good with a little bit more meat on them bones. I mean, you do you. If you don't want to have the meat on your bones, that's cool too. That's true. But she looks happy. Yeah, that's true. She does look happy. And it's always nice to see her just back, just doing anything really and just back on the show. I feel like she's one of the queens that's kept a low profile more or less since her season and since her win most of all. She certainly seems to have. You don't see her out and about everywhere. Yeah, so it's nice to see her back and see her back in a way that made sense. Like Morgan McMichaels was kind of just there because, hey, we have Morgan McMichaels. Jinx was there because she was good at Snatch Game and she could offer some good advice. And they were talking about Snatch Game. So it made sense that she was there. She offered some pretty sound advice to people. I would um, say so. Though I, I I wish there was like a more even spread of like the the commentary she gave because like they showed everyone, but there's some people that I barely even remember her talking to. Like I barely remember. Like I think they gave Akira like a minute. They gave like Sugar a minute. It would have been nice to see it a bit rounded out. They did spend a lot of the time on queens that didn't seem to have a direction. Yeah, and then that was only exaggerated by their lack of direction in the actual Snatch game, which we'll get into for sure. And then the other, I guess, important work room shenanigan with all the drama, all you drama fans out there, this was a particularly good episode because it, it's like Avengers Endgame. For everybody who didn't watch the entirety of the last week's Untucked, or this someone... was really important. Because I think, first of all, we're seeing that Untucked is crucial to the show's plot. In the past, it hasn't really been. It's just kind of a, hey, cool, if you want this extra content, then here you go. But now Untucked is seriously essential to understanding what's going on in the background. And I think that it's really important for context. Yeah, and it's good that the show is giving in context instead of just talking about it and just assuming, oh, they watched it. Because, like, for example, there's a lot of people that probably aren't watching it because if you buy it on iTunes, you have to buy Untucked separately. You don't get Untucked as part of the episode. So some people are missing it out. So, yeah, lots of Untucked-related drama. It was the Avengers Endgame to the Avengers Infinity War. Being topical. Hashtag I don't really know topical. how that fits. But Being anyway. Untucked was Infinity War setting up the drama. And then this was the, the end game. Yeah, but and this is not up. the end. This is not the end of well, the drama. Well, it was the end game for some of the drama. For example, for the... Evie and Vanjie drama. We don't know that. For the most... Well, it, it, it temporarily tied loose ends, just like Avengers Endgame is going to temporarily tie the loose ends for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you we, all know, so. we all know that there's going to be more of it to come. For the time being, it seems like it's it's a thread tied up. So yeah, it was nice to see 
Banshee and Evie make up after, oof, how ham they went. Look, I've said before, it's really nice to see that Evie is a genuinely honest queen. I do think that she needs to improve in her delivery of criticism because I do think that there's being honest and then there's being honest but also having a heart. Now, that being said, I think Vanjie took that criticism way too far because if anybody kind of needed a slap in the face right there, it's it's Vanjie. Vanjie has not had a very good last several weeks she's been in the bottom for a whole ton of weeks in a row um she still needs a slap in the face honestly as as we'll continue as we'll bring up in a little bit but so that drama was resolved temporarily but drama that hasn't been resolved is the silky and evie drama yeah it's still going evie calls silky talentless and untucked because Silky's kind of coming for Evie. Now I get it. Silky's totally coming for Evie, and it's kind of unwarranted. Um, calling Silky talentless, I don't really think is accurate, though. Yeah, um, I, think I don't that's a think bit that. If if Silky's untalented, like Latrice Royale is untalented. I still think that comparing Silky to Latrice isn't really fair. I think I think that everybody looks at Latrice in the context of All Stars Four, and they need to look at Latrice in the context of Latrice. Don't forget all or All Stars One. Okay, we all forget yeah, All we Stars all forget, One. Yeah, okay, we no, we are forgetting one. that. That's true. But when we take a look at the Silky drama, it's like, yes, yeah, Silky definitely has her problems. She definitely isn't bringing a competitive attitude, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. But but she's gonna have to bring it after she, after she saw this lip sync. Okay, we're, which we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But Silky is definitely attacking all the queens around her. She's throwing shade left and right. Yeah, she, she, and she's making that television. She still likes that television. Now, like, in the beginning, kind of felt like she was making good television self-awareingly. I don't know if that's grammar or not. It's not. Whatever. She was making te- good television in, like, a self-aware manner. Now it feels like she's not necessarily being self-aware. She's falling into the the reality TV show trappings of how drama starts. She thinks that she is, she genuinely thinks that she is better than she is. And some would say, oh, well, she's a top queen, clearly. And we'll get into that in a bit. Yes. Let's talk Snatch Game. Snatch Game. So I want to give a quick disclaimer before we talk about Snatch Game, because I feel like Every single time we hear, oh, this season's Snatch Game was really underwhelming and one of the worst Snatch Games ever. And I think that when people say that, that's because they're forgetting that we have such high standards for Snatch Games. We've had some, just a few seasons with some really, really great performances. And I also think that people just don't quite understand how difficult it is to do well in Snatch Game. Look, you have to take a character that isn't too big but also isn't absolutely obscure. You have to understand what their personality is, but you have to add something to that personality, and you have to be ready to fully become in sync with that character and that humorous side of your character so that you can go back and forth with with Rue and other contestants. I don't think that's easy. That's probably one of the most difficult challenges on this show. So I think that when people are super critical of Snatch Game, as of recent, I think that they're not giving enough credit to the queens who do extremely well 
because I think it's incredible as a testament to a queen's talent when they actually do end up doing well. So I guess to talk about the actual performances, uh, so I think some of the best of the the night were Kyria, whose Tiffany Haddish was comedic when they showed her, but they didn't really show her that much, unfortunately, which is a shame because I really like Akiria and she has a lot of personality. And when we did see her, Tiffany Haddish, we didn't see that much of it. But nonetheless... Uh, Nina's uh, Hardy Fires. Nina did the best, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think she did the best in terms of just encapsulating character, and not only a character, but two completely different ones. She takes these two characters that aren't that known in the mainstream. That's also wrong. <laughs> okay, in my mainstream. All right, in and your reality breathed life into them because. Mm. When you take characters, you need to take them and you need to make them enjoyable, Mm -hmm. whether people know who they are or not. If they know who they are, that means that your expectations are set higher in a different sense because you need to do something new with those characters. And if they don't know who they are, you need to make them want to know these characters. I think that Nina did an incredible job at switching acts. She definitely stayed in character. She was ready to riff at any point. Um, I think that Nina did the best on this performance. Yeah, I, I, I agree for sure. But the judges seemed to disagree because they went with uh, more favorability towards Silky. And we'll play a clip of her performance here. Anaconda, honey. Let me tell you, you ain't rocking at least nine inches. You can't rock with me, bitch. <laughs> nine inches, honey. She's funny. Yeah, it was funny. It, it, it was funny, and she definitely gave it her all. I didn't feel lazy. Once again, I don't know the character. But nonetheless, I, I think there's an argument to be made that because it's a character that resembles Silky pretty close. It doesn't feel as impressive as, as somebody like Nina's who does who does characters that don't necessarily feel like Nina's inherent um, character. And Silky just kind of doesn't act similar to how she would normally act. Don't get me wrong, she didn't throw in food all the time, but she was kind of her own personality. I know that we don't really have any middle-of-the-road queens. I guess you could give a middle-of-the-road mention to Suga, who... Yeah, her, her, her charo was... Very. I'm Hispanic, by the way, so I should be ashamed of how I pronounce Chato. I'm surprised we're how many episodes into this show, and if you only just mentioned that. Nonetheless, her Chato was. It was fun. It was. It was fun, and there seemed to be a lot of love for the character. But it wasn't anything special. For sure. In terms of now, in terms of the awful, there. Let's. I want to hear your thoughts on Plastique because I know that you criticized her from doing the. Asian nail technician stereotype before, and she went all out on that this week, and I want to hear what you're going to say. I I find it just incredibly just lazy, and it shows, I think, to some extent, a lack of talent on her part to diversify her, like, sense of humor and her way that she goes at comedy. If she thinks... That playing an insensitive racial stereotype is the only way she's going to get laughs. 
then I think that shows something about her character and about her just ability to stand out and perform. It was it was just disappointing and honestly just kind of disgusting to me. Some would say that, oh, um, she can't do it because it drags the entire race down and um, she doesn't speak for her entire race. And yeah, there are valid arguments there too. But the thing I'm most concerned about is the fact that it seems to be one of her only characters. And if she wants to have variety, if she wants to actually do well in this show and have variety, she needs to show it. And I don't feel like we've had enough variety. I'm still waiting for her to fully break out of that pretty phase. You saw a bit of it with the mini challenge where she had the makeup all over the place. Yeah. But it was kind of like a pretty gone wrong sort of thing, mm-hmm. not a genuinely different look. Yeah. I mean, you don't only have to do pretty on this show. I agree. And similarly, you can't just stick to one character with one voice. And Plastique has so far stuck to one character and one voice. And I want to see something different from her because I like her. I agree. It was bad. But the one thing I'll say, at least when it was not as bad as Gia's. <laughs> Then, now, in terms of even worse than Plastique was Brooke. We'll play a clip here. Her poisson. What is her poisson? poisson? Her lady garden. Her arc de triomphe. It was a disaster for two reasons. One, it just was consistently not funny. She chose a good pick. Celine Dion is not a bad choice. She's a big um, name. But there's a way to bring such a big name out of that person's shell and make them larger than life. Even if they sometimes already act that way. I think you really saw that with All Stars 4 when you had both Trinity the Talk as Caitlyn Jenner and Manila Luzon as Barbara Streisand. Especially Manila's. I thought that that really brought the character into this larger than life parody. And that's not what Brooke did at all. Brooke was clearly not in her element here. And... I've said before I've criticized Brooke's lack of personality. Some people have pushed back on me for that and said, oh, um, that's not necessarily true. She has personality because she's elegant. Yeah, I don't think that elegance is a personality. I think that there's a distinct personality that you need to bring to your performances. And I think that most queens have kind of brought something similar to that. Some of them who haven't stood out, maybe you don't get it from them as much, but they still seem to show some sort of personality. And what Brooke did here just felt like she was floundering, trying to grasp for something. She needs to redeem herself and show that she can act and that she isn't just a pretty face with pretty moves. Yeah, I agree. And for for all I've said negatively about Aquaria, at least she could hold her own in acting challenge and and being funny. She was never as bland as Brooke ever was, and was actually pretty good, competent. So, Brooke, can you just step it up to Aquaria's level, please? Just Aquarius level. I don't need that much. Go beyond Aquarius level. Oh, yeah. She can. Yeah, hopefully. (sighs) The other disaster we need to talk about, Evie. We'll play in another clip here. Anytime I go to the beach, I make sure to medicate. And so, much like Nikki, I know that uh, her joints, her joints are always wet. Oof. Oof. Oof, oof. How was this Evie? Evie is this person who's trying to be this unique queen, and I've thought that Evie would fall apart when her uniqueness just absolutely destroys her because she does something weird, and I think that's what you'll see from her later. But in Snatch Game, she just didn't go for weird. She was just like, oh, I'm going to choose Whoopi Goldberg. Wow. 
first of all, what a un, what an underwhelming character to choose. She already has a big name for herself as being the host of The View. So she already like does talk shows and similar things normally. Mm-hmm. Okay? And she already has a big personality. How are you going to change that big personality? You can do it. I'm sure that you can. It's tough. And not only did Evie not do it, she just did nothing with the character. She just made it into a nobody. And that was a serious issue. Yeah. I, I It just felt like she was unprepared and she just didn't... Like, I understand trying to go against type, but at the same time, they're not going to grill you for it in Snatch Game if you're embodying the character but the character is kind of in your vein. Like, if she would have done, like, a vampire, like an edgy character like a vampire, it would have been, it, it would have been fine. Last but not least, Vanji was... Um, she didn't have any of the actual character in there. Michelle Visage criticized Vanji for this, that she didn't have um, any actual Daniel Brigoli. Now, what a weird character to choose, Daniel Brigoli. Literally just um, pick a meme that has Hey, look, line. it's Cash Me Outside Girl, you know? She's also a rapper, and no matter what people say, tell me, her rapper name is Bahad Bahabi, mm-hmm. not Bad Baby. That's not how it's spelled, okay? I only pronounce things how it's spelled. Not doing that is stupid. So, anyways... You look at this performance. First, she has a voice that doesn't make sense at all. Then she just goes back to her normal Vanji voice. And sure, she had these funny moments. Good for her. Happy hoopy hey. But she, like, didn't do anything as a character. And Ross is like, oh, no, but it's Vanji. I want to see more Vanji. And Michelle's like, that's not the challenge, though. The challenge is to be somebody else. And this wasn't a success there. She was just kind of showing off her nails and being like, I miss Vanji. It was a problem and it was a, it was lame. Just like her runway, which we'll get to now. Category is sequence. Woohoo! Sequence, everyone's favorite. Akira Zebra. Fun stuff. It's one of the best. I loved it. Cool she brought hair. the main back. I love the main. Yeah. Akira, keep on using the main. Good job. Nina, playing to type. Campy American flag dress. So. It- she looked like a Pepsi can almost. Um, now, in the past, I've said that Nina's outfits have a problem because they look really cheap and they look really simple and she should really fix that. She looks like she bought it at five below. But then I looked like this and I'm like, no, no, this is good. Yeah. Okay. This was good. It was, it did not look cheap. She... It looked very good. It looked professional. Yeah, she... um, yes, it looked campy. And by the way, this was sequins. Normally, I hate sequins as a category. Mm-hmm. I just don't like sequins in general, but I also don't like how they use sequins on this show. Yeah. But Nina West did a really good job. It looked stunning. It was shimmery, but not overbearing. Um, she should have gotten the win. Nina West deserved the win. She didn't win because Silky was also there. Now, Silky, honestly, I thought she was kind of boring. It was boring. It was just another one. We've her. seen it before. She kind of just, yeah, on yes, her Yes, it looked nice from the queens. sequins. But, I mean, we've seen this exact kind of outfit before. It's just that this time she had this cape shawl thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay. Um, she had some poofiness to it, which worked, um, as well as working for Suga, who had a really good-looking dress. It was really flowing. You could tell that it was tough to walk in, but it was really flowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Suga's um, Snatch Game was, stand like, out. stand out enough the, the, to earn yeah. Suga a win, but, but otherwise, that good. otherwise that dress was really good. Yeah. Now, so, let's talk about the best of uh, this runway. Oh, uh, so we already mentioned two. But the best of this runway. Brooke. 
Okay, she walks out. I, I have notes here. I take notes. And I just have what, whoa, whoa, whoa for my notes for Brooke because she just comes out and she's like rocking this sort of Afro thing. It's like, oh, cool, 70s dancing. Okay, that's sequins. And she just, whoa, flips around. Everything goes flying. Everybody is shocked. That is one of the best runways I have seen. I can't quite verbalize how incredible it was. She yeah. did bring personality to this. Um, you could tell in the way that she was walking around and she was posing. And she went all out and she needed to this yeah. week. In terms of runway presentation, it's probably the best they've It's ever. the best I've seen on this show. For sure, 100%. Uh, I guess to, so we mentioned in terms of worst. Plastique already, is wearing another corset. Yeah, um, but it, it was a pretty one, but it was another course. It was pretty, but I feel like we've seen this exact style before. Same with Vanjie. She doesn't learn. It's obnoxious. It's another leotard with a cape, as Michelle said. Don't get me wrong. It's The hair was cool. The patterns are cool. But it's not any different, and that's a problem. It turns out that wearing red isn't the problem this season for Vanjie. It's the presence of the leotard and cape combo. And just in general, she doesn't seem to bring enough uniqueness. It's a serious issue that she should be taking the judge's consideration and she should be fixing it. Just like how Nina tried to do that herself when she heard, oh, there are issues with proportionizing. She tried to fix that. And Vanjie doesn't seem to be doing the same thing. She needs to. Yep. Evie fell flat. Evie, yeah. This is where I think that Evie's, um, Evie's oddness failed her this week. She had this reverse thong. Um, which I felt is different, but it didn't really work. She had all these colors, and the judges were like, oh, yeah, they, it could work, but these are both different. I don't think it could have worked. It looked like a total mess, and I don't really think that that's something you want when you have sequins. Definitely I agree about that. Though though, I did like I did like, like the jumpsuit part for the most half. It, just, it, it wasn't very cohesive as a whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the lip sync was Evie and Brooke. It probably should have been Evie and Vanjie. Because it should have been Evie and Vanjie, and Vanjie shouldn't, should have been going home. Yeah, but nonetheless, good television makes for Evie and Brooke lip sync, and boy, was it good television. That was the best lip sync I've seen since All Stars 3 with Shangela vs. Bendelkram. Yeah, it was just so good. It's all-time great lip sync, just acrobatics, the emotion. The emotions. You could see even from the beginning before you had acrobatics, you had really good emotion from Evie and like all of her um, acting through it. You had really good stuff from um, Brooke. You had this incredible, incredible lip sync even beyond the acrobatics. And you could see the camera cutting to Silky quaking in her boots when yep. Rue said, watch out, ladies, you have some real lip sync assassins. Exactly. Double Shantae, they both stay, and that's what should have happened. Yeah, the only thing I have to add, other than it being incredible and that you need to watch it, is uh, I remember uh, in Chi-Chi Devane's original season, them being super impressed by her being held up upside down and lip syncing. Evie did that without being held up. So take that, Chi-Chi, though I love you, though. And with that, was our episode... Although Untucked was cool. Um, you saw some emotion from Evie and some emotion from Akira especially, but otherwise nothing super dramatic. Yep. Okay, there's our episode. Yeah, there's the episode. And now for some NYC Pride event recommendations. Pride this year falls on the weekend of June 28th to 30th, though you should always have Pride for your LGBTQIA plus community. Nonetheless, institutions dictate that it falls on the weekend of June 28th to the 30th. So here are a curated list of events. 
that you may find interesting and worth your while. Uh, we got two for every day if you want to do something each day. So, June 28th, you could see Trixie and Katya at the PlayStation Theater with Evie Oddly as an opener. It's a great bill. Lots of good talent playing that day. Tickets are only 59 to 69 You could pay a little more if you want to do a meet and greet. So, if you're a Drag Race fan or you're an uh fan and don't like Drag Race for some reason, go. If you don't want to go to that, however, you want to go to something a little more solemn, a little more serious, and a little more historically based, go to a rally being held at Stonewall for Stonewall's uh, 50th anniversary. Uh, it's, we'll probably have a lot of good speakers and... 50 years of history of such an important day for our community. It's probably going to be a very powerful event. Maybe worth your interest. June 29th at Ram Sackle Studios, there is an event called Proud to Be Me. It is a uh, space and galaxy themed fundraiser for the Henrik Martin Institute. They're raising money for the community. It's going to have an open bar and a performance featuring my personal favorite, Cameron Michaels. Mission starts at 75. You can pay more for a VIP pass and for meet and greet options. If you don't want to go to that, and if you're a younger listener or know, know someone that's a bit younger, we got Youth Pride going on at Summer Stage in Central Park. It's free for those under 21 it's during the day. It's going to have some games, music, dancing, seems a good time. And DJ Nandi, 16-year-old DJ that's making waves, apparently, is going to be playing. So uh, take a look at that if you're interested. Finally, June 30th. This event actually runs from 27th to the 30th. But if you want something to do particularly on the 30th, there is a play by Pakistani playwright Fatima Man as part of the Criminal Queerness Festival being put on at the IRT Theater. Basically, they're showcasing a bunch of plays by either by queer individuals or regarding queer topics. Tickets for the sole play, for the tickets for the single play are $20, $17 if you are a youth. So check that out if you want some theater on your Pride weekend. Finally, if you want something as the kids call, live. Go to Femme Fatale at Hudson Terrace. It's an inclusive rooftop party. Has over 1,000 people going they've had in past years. It's targeted for women and, I guess, women allies. It's 21 and over. It's 30 bucks for general admission. More for VIP ticket. There's DJs all day and night. There's... Four bars, two dance floors. Seems like it'll be a real wild time and a very wild way to send off your fun Pride weekend. There's other stuff that can be highlighted, and we may come back to you with some more recommendations in the coming episodes. But for now, those are some things to keep on your radar. And for now, that is our episode. This is Connie Lingus here with my boy i really hope that this is the last time we're recording this <laughs> also known as peter 
super special thank you to Miss Darling for their song, Young Lovers, that we are always using in the intro and outro of this podcast. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. 